works very hard on, on fitness and um, and the running game. That's what kind of led me to, to want this dream of being a, a racing driver. There's no point in Tom and anything except standards of excellence. We will deal with the Talton Cup if we're in it and we'll, we'll certainly give it every bit of respect. There's no feeling that beats playing for Ireland. My God, I'm going to do everything that is possible to bring us there. This is Sports Beat Extra. Five counties, one big sports show. Sports Beat Extra. Good evening and welcome along to Sports Beat Extra. I'm Andy, and on this week's episode, I'll be taking a look back at some of the sporting moments of 2023, both highs and lows, victories and losses, and everything in between. From ladies' history made in New Zealand and Australia to rugby heartbreak on the fields of France, the loss of greats like Craig Breen and Sid Miller, and watching Katie Taylor take her redemption chance. The country announced to host Euro 28, smashing the British at Cheltenham 18-10 the score. All-Ireland finals gone and club ones still to come. Golf, tennis, Formula One and at glance towards 2024. We began 2023 in a dreary January with the All-Ireland football and hurling club finals still to be decided. In the football, Kilmacud Croaks beat Glen 111-19 and Dunlaiku Collins were defeated by Kilkenny's Ballyhale Shamrocks on a scoreline of 122-115. We rolled into February then looking forward to the Six Nations Rugby and it was a Grand Slam victory for Ireland as they finished the campaign with a 29-16 win over England in Dublin. And across the big pond, the Kansas City Chiefs were crowned the Super Bowl champions for 2023 in the States. March saw the beginning of the Formula One Grand Prix season and Max Verstappen would see another record-breaking season as he strolled to victory winning 19 of the 22 Grand Prix this season. At Cheltenham, Ireland were victorious in the Pressbury Cup results yet again, winning 18-10 over their British competitors. As we moved into April, the South East lost one of its own stars, rally driver Craig Breen. In the months since the tragic passing of the rally driver Craig Breen, Andrew Fanning and co have set up a charity in his name to help young drivers around Ireland make the most of their opportunities. 7 o'clock my phone rang and it was Craig. And he said, uh, he just said to me, Andy, I was thinking about that text you sent me last night into J1000s. He said, I'd like to do some more for them. And I said, right, not not totally understanding what he meant. And he said, yeah, I'd like to um, set up a prize fund or something like that. He said, listen, he said, I'm after getting so much out of Irish rallying and the people working in it. He said, I want to give something back. He said, now is an opportunity to do that. We just want to keep his idea alive uh, in funding the J1000s and the youth of today. Um, and should I give the, put them on the first step of the ladder for their rallying career, if you know what I mean? Um, so that is our, you know, uh, aim for over the next five years to be able to do that. As we moved into the summer, the Irish sporting world was rocked when one of our greatest ever sports stars suffered her first defeat in professional boxing as Katie Taylor fell to Chantelle Cameron in a shock loss. June then saw Manchester City complete the treble as they beat Inter Milan 1-0 in the Champions League final following success in the Premier League and the FA Cup. Leona Maguire won the Meyer LPGA Classic and will be crucial as Europe retained the Solheim Cup later in the year. And in the States, the Denver Nuggets won their first ever championship, defeating Miami Heat in the NBA. That's the first half of the year wrapped up. Let's keep it rolling and look back on July to December 2023. Sports Beat Extra. Beats 102-103. July saw Limerick crowned the All-Ireland Hurling Champions once again. And in the football, it was Dublin who came out on top, beating Kerry in the final. 
and there was of course an historic appearance by the Ireland national women's soccer team at their first ever Women's World Cup. Following the World Cup I spoke with Wexford and Ireland international star Rihanna Jarrett about the experience of being in Australia watching the girls in green play. Oh, the, the atmosphere um, around all three cities, the, the vibe, especially on, on game day, seeing the tricolours, hearing the Irish voices in full swing was, was absolutely unbelievable and, and a memory that I'll never forget. And obviously delighted that I, that I got to experience that and I was able to go out as a fan. Um, I think on the football side of things, the Irish team said, and we knew that going over, that it was going to be a difficult group, but they weren't just there to take part, and, and they done a lot more than that. Um, they, they were certainly unlucky in, in some of the results, and that's probably the, the killing factor, as disappointing as, as the three results were. Um, obviously, we got the our all-important all first point against Nigeria in the final group game, but we would love to have gone into that group game with something to play for. Um, and I think that that's probably the most disappointing fact about it, is we were, were so close. There's still a lot more to come from that team and that players, and I think there's some good young players coming through into that team as well. Hopefully the game can continue to grow, the support can continue to grow, and, and hopefully the results will continue to follow as they have done over the last number of years. But I think the women's grow, game has grown from, from strength to strength, and, and we've seen that, and we've seen that with Ireland over the last couple of years, and it's it's just as important that, that we grow these young players at a fast rate to go alongside the, the rate that the game is growing. And that's the only way that we'll be able to continue competing at international level. In August, the Dubs made it a double as their ladies footballers were crowned All-Ireland champions. And in the Camogie, Waterford were well beaten by Cork in the final. But the Deja women should be proud of their achievement in reaching the final and breaking the mould of the big three. The Deja women haven't been here since 1945, so from Dungarvan to Dunmore East, Ardmore, Tremore and Lismore, Capaquin, Kilmac Thomas and all the way to the border at Passage East, the excitement is building. This is All-Ireland Final Day and the Deja are back. Now, how do you think the game is going to go today for Waterford? I think it'll be a tight game. I think Waterford won a good semi-final against Tip, showed a lot of resolve, I suppose, that they haven't shown over the last couple of years. Um, after last year's defeat in the semi-final, I think they learned a lot. And hopefully they'll bring the real game today. Absolutely. Fingers crossed. The tennis majors came to a close in September, with Coco Goff taking the US Open title in the women's singles, and Novak Djokovic securing his third slam of the season in the men's. The year had started at the Australian Open with Djokovic the champion in the men's and Arena Sabalenka taking the women's crown. At the French Open, Djokovic was again successful, with Iga Swiatek taking the women's title. And at Wimbledon, Djokovic lost out in the final to Carlos Alcaraz, as Marketa van Drosva shocked everyone and sealed the women's crown. September also saw the beginning of the Rugby World Cup, and after a hugely successful group stage campaign, including victory over eventual champion South Africa, it was heartbreak once again for Ireland as we moved into October. And I was joined on several occasions by Aidan Delaney to discuss the highs and lows of the Irish performance at the Rugby World Cup. Yeah, look, I mean, we knew that if Ireland managed to get on top in that game pretty early on, that the Scots really wouldn't have enough quality in their side and really enough kind of discipline to kind of attack back at Ireland. And once you score inside, what was it, 62 seconds? I mean, Ireland were always going to kind of kick on from there, but... 
like you say, your head can kind of drop in that situation. You can kind of lose your discipline, as Scotland did in that second half. But Ireland, just a very professional side now, knew exactly what they needed to do. If you look at the actual stats coming out of the pool stages, New Zealand are actually topping an awful lot of those stats because, you know, they're getting metres gained. They're winning a lot of breakdowns. They're passing defenders. This time around, Ireland do look like the best team in the world. They've held that title for a long time now. And, and there won't be that same kind of confidence coming into the game on the New Zealand side of things. Now, listen, I mean, New Zealand still have some absolutely wonderful players. You're talking about Will Jordan, who I think has 27 tries in 28 games, which is just an absolute machine-like performance. You've got all the various Barretts, a couple of world players of the year there. And as I mentioned, your White Locks and Retallics, who just know how to put that pressure on and just have that experience to not only influence the other team, but they can influence the referees as well. And I do think that will be a big part of the game here. So Wayne Barnes is going to have a very interesting game and uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of chirping from both sides coming in. But in terms of how Ireland have progressed from four years ago, uh, like we were saying, I mean, there's more confidence in this side now and it might come down to the last 10 minutes of which side has used their bench better, which side has a better discipline, which side can just get over the line. And I think Ireland will win it. It'll be a high-scoring affair. I think Ireland will win by three. Alas, it wasn't to be, as Ireland narrowly lost out to the All Blacks on a scoreline of 28-24 in Paris to continue the Irish quarter-final curse. The All Blacks would stroll to the final as they demolished Argentina by 44 points to 6, while South Africa saw off a brave challenge from England to go through by 16 points to 15. South Africa versus New Zealand the final then, as the two Southern Hemisphere heavyweights locked horns in the decider. Yeah, it's probably no surprise to see Fafta Clark coming back in. Certainly, he is that player who, you know, he is the conductor of the orchestra in a sense and somebody who's willing to sacrifice his own game to make sure that everybody else kind of can put their best step forward. And to pair him up with uh, Andre Pollard, uh, I think they're the most kind of uh, selected halfback pairing in South African history now as well. They've played 25 times together, so they'll know each other's rhythms. They know how to, to kind of change if something needs to change, they'll be able to, to kind of work off the fly. And, you know, if after Clark, obviously another kicking option as well. We saw that a little bit in the uh, the semi-final or the, it was the game before that, the quarterfinal as well. So there's somebody who's not afraid to, to kind of change up how they play. But yeah, this is going to be a forwards battle. South Africa make no apologies. They like to be the bad guys, I suppose. They, they know that they won't play this kind of fast, fast flowing, you know, find the extra man rugby they're happy enough to put the ball up the jumper and just run over teams if they need to and Fafta Clark is kind of brilliant at that he knows how to get players into the right positions South Africa will be pretty happy enough that if they manage to mull over a couple of tries they'll take that and if Andre Pallard has an interesting but you know kind of low-key day he'll take that World Cup final and take that World Cup medal with him South Africa they've come through so many different tests you know having to bounce back from the, the defeat to us you know having to come through that absolutely wonderful first half against France you know just beating England over the head and managing to get over the line in the semi-final as well they've really proven themselves as defending champions and to go back to back is an absolute wonderful uh, achievement for any side and you know there's obviously the the added bonus as well as if either of these teams win they'll become the most successful in World Cup history as well which is you know an extra little carrot to come in you know the tighter it remains you know if South Africa can get that bomb squad on early and to have a real impact when it comes to the line out to the scrum it might just swing their way and it would prove to be a tense affair as South Africa got their hands on the Webb Ellis Trophy again defeating the All Blacks by a single point 12 points to 11 
Andre Pollard scored all 12 for the Springboks from the kicking tee, and influential forward Peter Steffenfoch was man of the match as South Africa secured a record-breaking fourth World Cup title. October also saw some cracking news for Ireland as they were named as one of the co-hosts for the Euro 2028 tournament. I spoke with FAI's Tom Elms about how important that would be for the country and the development of the game in general across the whole island. Absolutely, and I think look, it is. I think it's the third largest you know event in the world. It's it's, it's a huge event, and to be a part of it is uh, is, is massively important for us. Um, I know there's a lot of work going in behind the scenes to get this done, to get this over the line. So we're absolutely delighted with it. Um, I think, like you said, it does kind of give us it gives us a target that we want to that we could we can aim for. Obviously, I don't think they've announced the um, qualification yet for, for host nations or how that's going to work. But for us, it's got to be a target that we can qualify for this tournament um, and and be a part of it. And I think there's going to be six games hosting in Ireland, and and, and of those, we're going to get around a round of 16 and a quarterfinal game, um, and that's going to be absolutely fantastic for us. Um, to host those games, and but I think it's gonna. I think something like this, you know, hopefully it can help us, help us build on our own kind of resources and our own facility development. I know there's usually a massive legacy fund after these sort of competitions. Um, you know, something around six million or so will probably be available to us. Um, you know, and if if from from the back of that day, if that can help us to then go work closely with, gov- with the government on, on our own development of, of our, our facilities and our infrastructure. That's really going to help us. And I know, you know, there's announcements and, and, and you know, things coming out from the FBI now about how how we're going to propose to do that. Um, and this is only going to be a catalyst for it and it's going to support us uh, hugely. But also, I mean, you know, I think we're more than capable, like you said, of, of showing what we, what we can do as, as a country to host a big competition. and. And that's only going to serve us well as well for the future that we could maybe look to do these things again and working with you know our neighbours to, to host these competitions so I think it's absolutely fantastic for us and we need to maximise every single opportunity there is that, that comes from it. I think it'd be I think it'd be huge um, I was fortunate enough to obviously, look, obviously fortunate enough to be involved with the, with the women's team at the World Cup uh, me and my son travelled to um, to, to France 2016 to see the, the team play a couple of games over there and it's just it's, you know, so good to see the support and how everyone gets behind the team uh, no one does it better than the Irish and, and that, that is for sure so having having them playing here in our country I think the buzz it would bring to the country even the economy um, teams travelling in I think would really create a fantastic spectacle uh, and I think it'd have a, a huge impact on on the, on the game as well. November saw many conclusions on the soccer scene. For a start, Stephen Kenny saw his reign as Ireland manager come to an end. And in the Airtricity League, Shamrock Rovers were again champions of the Premier Division with Galway champions of Division 1. St. Pat's won the Cup, Adelone won the Women's Cup and Peamount were crowned champions in the Women's Premier. And in the southeast, there was great success for Waterford United as they were promoted back to the big time for Premier Football in 2024. Blues boss Keith Long spoke of the importance of keeping the crowd alive going into the 2024 season, following their playoff wins over Cove and Cork City, which saw Waterford promoted. It was great to see so many, 
supporters come out and get behind the team really from start to finish it was fantastic to see and we, we've lacked that you know sort of competitive edge and, and and sort of nervous energy around the crowd in the RSC for the previous few months because you know many of the games were meaningless um, up to a point um, you know and, and everybody knew our fate in terms of the playoffs so it's great to have that energy and positivity around the ground you know we're able to feed off we want to have a big travelling blue support to get behind the team and to try and make uh, you know try and make good numbers make lots of noise and to try and get behind the team and to give us that lift be the 12th man Katie Taylor also brought herself back to her best to defeat Chantal Cameron in the rematch and we all look forward to what will surely be a third deciding fight in 2024. Shauna O'Keefe from Tipperary has recently turned professional herself in the boxing world and recorded her first win in her first fight in early December. Speaking after Katie's win, she admits she's still just a fan like the rest of us when Katie enters the ring. I just loved her, loved everything about her and I, I wanted to be, I wanted to grow up and just be like Katie Taylor, she was my idol, so I believe in my heart and heart, and this isn't being biased, I believe December saw the conclusion of the Nations League for the Irish women's national soccer team and Eileen Gleeson was appointed following six wins from six in the campaign with the concluding fixture away to Northern Ireland finishing in a 6-1 victory for the girls in green. Gleeson said it was her dream job to be appointed as manager of this fantastic group of soccer players. Well, you know, when I came into the process, I came in pretty speedily um, in a very tumultuous and transitional time. At that time, I was in very much in the headspace of the head of women and girls football role. Um, And coming in again at at that period, it could have went anyway. You know, the team was decompressing from their first ever World Cup uh, qualification. Um, There was a change of management. There was a lot of transition. And then as the camps went on, I started to you know, really feel the connection again with the pitch and with the team. This is also a dream job, you know, and if you look back at my career, I've always had that dual pathway of a development role and a coaching role, so those parallels have always been there. Test ourselves, because that's the arena that we want to be in. It's the arena that we're in now in League A. Um, It's the arena that we'll be in um, with successful qualification to the Euros. So, yeah, we want to... Play those big teams, and you know the, the, the team has, you know, in the past and previous campaigns, they've played these teams. So we want to continue on, on with that and see how we can, you know, adapt using different principles or you know trying to work in different areas of the pitch and test ourselves in those in those moments. In the GEA in December, there was heartbreak for Waterford's Ballium Carberry as they lost the All-Ireland Senior Ladies Football Final to Kilkerran Clonburn, who won their third title in a row. There was also a disappointing loss for Ballygunner in the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Semi-Final, as they fell to Galway's St Thomas's. On the other side, O'Loughlin Gales beat Rory Ogue in their semi-final to progress to January's final. They'll be joined by fellow Kilkenny clubs Thomastown and Tullaher Ross Birkin in the intermediate and junior finals, respectively, which also take place in January. But the big winners for the South East in December were Dixborough Camogie Club of Kilkenny, who were crowned All-Ireland Senior Camogie Champions for the first time. Manager Donald Carroll said that his players deserved all the plaudits. We've never been in this position before 
but each team that we're playing has more of a pedigree or more of a history behind them as as we move on up and it's great that we're just gaining in confidence that you know the girls are realizing that they're they're not out of their depth at this level that they're well able to perform and that if they do perform that they can there's every chance that they'll have a good outcome from it trust themselves trust themselves that they're that they're good enough um, the big thing for them is just to stay playing right until the end. Well, we've, we've, it's one of the things that we've kind of we've stressed to them. You know, it doesn't matter who's, who's getting the scores, no more than it matters who's getting the blocks and in, in at the backs, you know. Um, just, to treat, just to keep working for each other and supporting each other. Uh, they're going to be, that's going to be massive. We're hoping we can get as much support as we can up there. In fairness to the club, we've had, we've had great support. We, we, we formed one club there a couple of years ago. Um, just the Camogie and the Hurling came together. That's given us a great exposure in the club and now that the whole club is aware of, of how we're getting on. But also it has given us access to the gym, access to the pitches whenever we need them, that those kind of facilities, which is a huge advantage for us to have. At the way these girls have these girls have been playing, if we're within if we're within a few points of, of Sarsons coming down the close and stretch, we have we would consider ourselves to have a right chance just from the way things have gone. And that's the that's the kind of character that these girls have shown, you know, that the that they will not so no matter what they'll be fighting right to the very end, regardless of what happens. And fight they did. Dixborough finishing twenty twenty three as All Ireland senior camogie champions after a famous victory against Sarsfields of Galway. And before we get to sport on screen on Sunday, Beat also ran its hugely successful Beats Club Focus, a sports initiative which saw one lucky club from the southeast walk away with a thousand euro bursary for their fantastic club. The entries were Rockwell Rovers GA Club, Dumbrody Archers, Cool Lane Riding Club, Wexford Swimming Club, Japanese Martial Arts Centre, Waterford Hockey Club, Spartans Volleyball Club, Southeast Boxing Club, the Institute of Self Defence Ireland, Kilkenny Storm Ice and Inline Hockey, Bagnallstown Cricket Club, and Raheen Rounders Club. Each club commented how the exposure they got from Beats Club Focus helped them attract new members and more interest and support in general from their respective areas. This was the result on the final big night in September where all 12 clubs came together to find out which club would receive the €1,000 bursary. Tense. And the club that is receiving the €1,000 bursary from Beat 102-103 Club Focus would Eco Solar Energy is... Congratulations, Raheen Rounders. And of course, this year's club focus is up and running. We've had four clubs already. That means there are plenty of spaces left. If you are interested in getting your club involved to be in with a chance of winning €1,000, head to beat102103.com forward slash club focus for all the details. Now, just time for sport on screen on Sunday. TG Carr continues its coverage of the best games of 2023 with a full replay of Limerick versus Kilkenny in the hurling final from 5pm. Sky Super Sunday only has one game this weekend, the London Derby between Fulham and Arsenal from 1.30pm. The Gunners will hope to get back to the top of the table with victory. Sky Sports main event has live NFL from 5pm and there are of course numerous best ofs and 2023 highlight shows across all the regular sports channels. I'm Andy, that's all from me for today. Thanks so much for joining me again and I hope everyone enjoys the New Year's celebrations tomorrow. Don't go anywhere, more tunes are coming your way right now. Tracking sport across the southeast. Sports